So can you tell that I had a root canal today? You had a root canal today. I had a root canal today. Is my face like... Like I see no stroke-like symptoms. No You're not stroke-like drooling. Symptoms. There's no okay. like half of your face numb mm-hmm. or, or distended or anything. No, I okay. could not tell. Congratulations. Well, I will stealth it then. The numbness is still there. It hasn't worn off. So it's possible in the middle of this episode, I'll be on the floor rolling in pain. <laughs> I look forward to it. Mm. We should talk about the dentist Get sometime. To see like live self-medication. Yes. Oh, I self-medicate when I need it with video games. So that would be non-conducive to the podcast yeah. happening. No, that wouldn't work. So what are we going to talk about today, Dan? Well, I did steal some food out of your fridge upstairs. So that's oh. our food heist for the day. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's all you know, I got. Someone made a smart comment on one of our previous episodes where they said, Dan should come with a made-up food heist and a real food heist and see if Brandon can tell which is which. Yeah. Someone sent that to me special mm. through a Discord. You know what we could do is we could ask fans to send a fake food heist to you. And you could then... <laughs> use theirs and see if they can trick me. Okay. That feels like an onerous entire episode of like, hey, just nonstop user-submitted food heists. Just once in a while at the beginning of an episode. (laughs) It's like, which one of these is real, Brandon? I like that, Mm -hmm. and I especially like that because it will create for you like a Philip K. Dick-style distrust of reality. Yes. Anytime you hear about someone stealing food, you'll be a little suspicious that it might just be listeners speaking of distrust of reality okay moon knight moon knight did you watch the whole I series have finished moon knight wonderful yes and so we are going to talk about let's talk about moon Knight. we did then. a thing where we talked about the first two episodes mm-hmm. and now we're going to talk about the back four episodes yeah let me ask overall mm-hmm. yes did you enjoy it i did very good i am very up on moon knight it feels deeply flawed in different ways than Loki was deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. But I loved the whole thing despite its flaws. So it's not WandaVision that is just basically perfect. <laughs> and there are definitely things like there, there's a pretty valid criticism that I read another smart poster made said, the problem with Moon Knight is the first episode is the best, right? Yeah. And oh, it is. By far. It yeah. is the best episode. And you generally don't want your first episode to be your best episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, I liked all the other episodes too. And there there are some problems. I mean, there's a huge problem in the, well, the only way to find out where the stars were at this point that one is was to turn back time. Nonsense. Yeah. And it's like, I have an app on my phone. Everybody does. Now you can you can just pretend Conchu they don't doesn't know have that. A phone, Conchu though. doesn't know that. But yeah. there's two smart people there who <laughs> are scientifically minded. Mm-hmm. And I have barely looked at the stars, but I, I know that you can reconstruct what the sky looked like very easily at any point in time. Yeah. And so this is the thing where they need a writing group to be like, uh, let's come up with a different reason they have let's to rewind time. Let's do something else. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were definitely points in that show where they're like, we're putting this in because we haven't had some cool special effects in yes. a while. Rule of cool. And I have to say that scene is really cool. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, mm. Okay, well, let me ask, because last time we talked... I was really down on episodes two and three. Okay. That felt to me like the doldrum 
and I enjoyed them. Wandering off, mm-hmm. even three, you enjoyed. Yes, like even they three. they go off and talk to. We need to get this vital information from a guy who has a circus in the middle of nowhere, and then you go to the circus in the middle of nowhere, and then Harrow shows up for literally no reason whatsoever because it is they need a fight. The weakest moment in the whole show <laughs> that doesn't have to do with weird continuity. Like okay. I love the broken continuity scene. Because it's visually awesome. Mm-hmm. This is the laziest part of the show, right? But it has something really cool to it. And I have not gone back and rewatched Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. But Neither I right. had figured out early into episodes three and four, or maybe it was episode three where, mm-hmm. it, where it struck me. I'm like, all right, there is obviously a third altar. And it was when I figured out in that episode or somewhere around, I'm like, oh, the third altar's killing people. Mm. That's the altar that comes out because we are learning more about. So we've got the prime character and you've got, I can't remember the names of them. So Mark is yes. like okay. the mercenary. Mark the mercenary. And then there is Stephen, who's Steven, the little yeah. nebbish museum guy. Perfect. And then there's like Lockley or something. Yes. So Mark is shown to be too compassionate to actually be killing people wantonly. And mm-hmm. in that scene at the museum, or not the museum, the, the guy's private collection, yeah. mm-hmm. there are scenes where he is just killing people and not even caring. And I'm like, And you oh. think that was the third guy. And I'm like, that's out of character for him. That's the first place I'm like, oh, they just needed an action scene. It's out of character. Then by the end of the episode, I'm like, there's a third altar. And then it was fourth or fifth episode where Mark comes to and you see dead people, and he's like, Stephen, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. There's mm-hmm. a third altar. That's the one where they're like, hit you over the head with it if you hadn't been picking up on the yeah. clues. It's, I think five is where you see the sarcophagus yeah. so in the four hall. is where they first must show you that. Mm-hmm. And so that worked so well that I, and maybe I'm wrong, I fully believe I could go back to the first episodes and anytime someone is getting killed that it's altar number three you think yeah or maybe not every time i think maybe there are times that mark is forced into it but his whole character arc is i don't want to murder people anymore Mm -hmm. that's not who i am yeah everything went wrong with this deal i am done with that world and so his character arc is i thought it was going to be i keep getting pulled back into it but it's not i think it is i refuse to do these things And so we need altar number three to be doing them. And Hmm. I think even the stuff where we have in the episode one that is so cool, where we're cutting back and forth between, I don't think he's cutting into Mark. You don't think that's Mark? No. I think it might still be Mark. I think Mark is making an appearance here and there. But I think anytime he comes to and someone's dead or something something super dangerous has happened, that's altar number three. Hmm. Well, so then what does Mark do? So the two altars exist to protect Mark. Yes. And they're actually doing a pretty decent job with this. Mm -hmm. So the altars exist to protect Mark. So Lockley, if that's his name, I don't remember. I can't remember. It's a very British name, and they had him dressed as a British taxi driver because that's what he was in the comics. But then Oscar Isaac made him, like, Latino, which was funny. Steven exists. Mm-hmm. to preserve a fond outlook of the family. Yes. And Lockley exists to take the punishment so that Stephen doesn't have to know about it. That's why the altars exist. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So we see the creation of Lockley 
off screen as it fades away from Stephen. We think it's the creation of Stephen, but it's actually the creation of both of them. One to take the pain and one to exist without the pain. That's mm -hmm. their purpose. And so Lockley exists in part to do the things that Mark doesn't want to do or have to suffer. And if they're being, you know, this is all armchair. You'll have to go to people yeah, with actual yeah. DID to get, but it's my understanding if they're doing it like semi-accurately, then Lockley has to be doing these things that Mark doesn't want to do. Now, mm -hmm. the danger is evil alter. Yeah. Having written about people with disassociative identity disorder, one of the things that my beta readers with the ID begged me for is stay away from the evil alter trope because it is one of these harmful things that makes people think that people with dissociative identity disorder have an evil spirit inside of them that is going to go kill people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the dangerous place to be that we were worried about. Mm -hmm. But if Lockley exists to do the things Mark knows he needs to do but can't bear the emotional scars for, mm -hmm. that's a different thing. That's a different thing than yeah. evil guy. Than that's evil guy inside. Basically pragmatist yeah. guy. Yeah. And by the way, mm -hmm. I know we are saying the third altar's name wrong. Yes. And so, dear listener, we should uh, we Adam's not here to look it up for us. We're just going to keep calling him Lockley. It's something with an L. Maybe Lachlan. I don't even remember. Anyway, mm -hmm. when we talked about this last time, yes. I really had to dance around this because we talked a yep. lot about the nature of altars and, and how are they using them. Mm -hmm. And when we get into episode five, episode one was the best. I agree yeah. with you. Episode five was the most interesting for it me. It was even though I think it fell down in a lot of cases, because that's when they really show the origin of the altars, that Mark yes. is the real one, mm -hmm. and these are not just... They're all real, crazy. they're all... Yes, yes they're Mark all is him. the original person, yes. you are correct. Mm -hmm. And the other ones are not just like wild, random things. They're not evil spirits possessing him. They're literally created in order to protect him yes. emotionally and mm -hmm. mentally, which is... Very accurate to my understanding of DID. I really loved the way they pulled that out to say, yeah, Stephen, you are real and you are a vital part of me. And thank you for, yeah. you know, basically preserving my innocence for yeah. so long, which and was great. That episode had that brilliant moment that I referenced earlier, where when we got done with it, it's the dangerous thing you do by leaving things to audience supposition, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't my wife, uh, but someone we were talking to after we watched that one, it might've been at writing group, is like, but they contradicted themselves. How can Stephen be the one that loves his mom if he was created to take the punishment? How can he know that? Well, the answer is, if you watch that scene, they cut away from Stephen and something is happening. Mm -hmm. And then you cut outside and you know the punishment is happening. And you see the creation of altar number three at the same time. And that scene is what I love, yeah. like I love the show don't tell and the let you have to connect the dots and put it together. I really like when a show or a book trusts the audience, knowing that some of them are going to get it wrong mm -hmm. because you aren't being so explicit with it. And that yeah. might be my favorite moment in the show. Probably for me as well. I really mm -hmm. loved that whole sequence. I'm mm -hmm. surprised that someone interpreted that as Stephen taking the punishment yeah. because I saw it as, nope, we have walled off this portion of my brain. Yep. So it is not even aware the punishment is taking place. Yep. And that's who Steven is. Mm-hmm. So when they go into the brain in episode five, the brain version of the hospital, mm -hmm. and you don't know what's going on, this is the most interesting episode. Yeah. Does it come together? 
<sighs> well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that it is effective. Mm-hmm. I think that it works. And it works because of Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. When Mark and Stephen are on screen together, you can always tell which one is which. Yeah, you, you watch it and you think they're being played by two different actors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the really famous reaction shot where they mm-hmm. see the big hippo god yeah. and they're both screaming. They're screaming in completely different yeah. ways. Their body language is different. Their face is different. It's wonderful. It's a thing I've rarely seen. Mm-hmm. Usually when you see you use the same actor to play twins. I'm talking about like what, Parent Trap? That one that yeah. did that. And even the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. You see a clone and replace. It's the same person there twice. Wait, which, which twins in the Harry Potter movies? Oh, no, not the Weasley no, twins. No, the Weasley are twins are actual twins. twins. Where have I seen it? Yeah, they're actual twins. Yeah, I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Anything with clones, Orphan Black did a very good job. Did they? And Moon Knight did a very good job. But yes, the parts that worked about that episode yeah. five were wow, look at these cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Look at all these amazing things you've presented. And Oscar Isaac just hitting it out of the park. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas. And I hesitate to say this because this was such a lauded and beloved run of the comics Mm -hmm. is when they went into the brain mental hospital. But narratively, like in terms of the plot and in terms of answering solid questions, I'm not sure that it ever did really come together. I'm not sure it did either. The reason for this being, now I like it. And that I'm was episode glad. four. Is it episode four? Okay. It's episode four. We were wrong. Okay. We back up an I episode think. on some of the things. Or maybe said. there were seven episodes. No, there's... I don't know. Because there's the final episode. Yeah. And then there's the one prior to that, which is the one where Stephen dies and they're like on the boat. And that's after they meet Tawari the hippo god. You're right. And then um... the one prior to that is the one that's all in the mental hospital because they meet the hippo at the end of it. Yes. And so there Unless might be an extra four, god in the middle. Episode four is all in the hospital. Episode five is with the, the Well, two god. ends with the fight in London, and three has the big, like, pointless fight in the desert. And then I know there was a very Indiana Jonesy episode where they're, like, going through, you know, mm, the ancient true. temple kind of thing. So I think maybe there were seven episodes. Again, we apologize this is what happens when Dan watches it people. one month and I watch it another month and then we record a third month. Yeah. So regardless of which episode is which, mm-hmm. we do remember what happened. So why I'm worried this didn't come together, and I'm going to say this is one of these things where I say I like the show in spite of its flaws because mm-hmm. this was audacious. Mm-hmm. This was cool. It absolutely. was different. And I absolutely would not have them change. Now, I might have them tweak depending, but why I think it might not work as well is because this is a classic sort of, we go into a place and the episode is completely different. Mm-hmm. All the answers we thought we had are thrown out the window and you have to ask yourself, is he an immense institution for real? Yeah. Is this the real world? And one of the reasons I worry it didn't land is by the end, you're pretty sure it's not the real world. Mm-hmm. But they don't even really address that. They don't address why there's a mental hospital in his brain. They don't address what he's doing there other than like exploring the altars in the past. That's all great. Yeah. But like the framework of it doesn't quite click mm-hmm. for me. It's like, how does this relate to the hippo god and all of this stuff and things? 
Yeah. It's mostly there. Let's be honest. It's, it's mostly it's there. It's mostly there. And as someone who has tried to write this at least twice, mm-hmm. it isn't even necessary to have significant drama or tension around the idea of whether this is real or not, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Like, that's something mm-hmm. you and I even are playing with a little bit yes. in Dark One. Mm-hmm. And so when they get in there and the, you know, the psychiatrist is really quizzing him and grilling him, like, why are you making this stuff up? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have to believe that it might actually all be fake in order to appreciate the story. Yes. But I didn't for a second believe that it might all be fake. I you know? did. And I liked that. Okay. I did. There's a part of me like, wow, the most audacious thing you could possibly do with this show <laughs> would be for it to end with him spent three episodes of action adventure and three episodes of in a hospital getting mm-hmm. over his issues and learning to cope. Yeah. And see, and if they had gone that direction, mm-hmm. this would have been my favorite Marvel show ever. Yes. And it would have been, everyone would have hated it yeah. except for us. Everyone would have hated it except for me. And what they were actually doing and what mm-hmm. seemed very obvious to me from the very beginning of mm-hmm. that episode was this is the metaphor we have wrapped around yeah. his life flashing before his eyes. Yep. He died mm-hmm. and now he's not quite dead because his brain is just thinking to himself mm-hmm. and he'll eventually come back to life. Yes. Agreed. You know, we're quibbling over something we both like and I'm <laughs> quibbling a little bit more. I just am like, why did his brain create this guy who interrogates him and things like that? Because he's mm-hmm. never not believed that he's dealing with like yeah. that something is wrong. Like, what is the point? Why is his brain doing it this way? I can totally understand the, we're in an institution, we've locked off pieces of ourselves and I need to unlock them and accept Stephen and the things that Stephen yeah. has forgotten. Mark needs to let him know, totally get all of that. Why does he have to sit in the chair in front of the psychiatrist who doesn't believe him about this stuff? And well, that, And that, I can actually kind of explain that to myself, mm-hmm. which is he isn't sure, you know, Stephen at least is not yeah. sure that he believes this. So that right. there's obviously a part of Mark, therefore, that is doubting himself. Uh-huh. And so when it comes time for introspection, I can see how that introspection would take the form of, is this really real? And it also makes sense to me that that comes through the lens of uh-huh. an authority figure that I hate. Right forcing me to deal with these questions I don't want to deal with. That's a really good argument. I find myself swayed. Oh, well, thank you. I find myself swayed. I think you have have convinced me. Okay. So I think that if there's a reason that I was wanting to go the other direction is it felt a little audience baiting. (laughs) And that's the part. But you've convinced me that it's justified. And we audience bait all the time. We just justify it. We do. And then at the end... I do think they go for another fake out when they have Harrow show up in the mental hospital at the end. Yes. And we're supposed to think, oh, wait, is this real? Is yeah, he that there? one's pretty cheap. And that one was mostly just, no, he's been psychologically damaged by the big boss fight. Mm-hmm. And we're putting it in a very similar looking mental institution because we want a gotcha. Yes. But, oh, well. Gotchas, oh, well. Gotchas will gotcha. These things happen. Did you like Mark slash Stevens' resurrection? I liked the fact that it happened. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was presented in a cool way. I felt like there was one little step missing that okay. would have helped the show for me. 
that like, I'm not sure what step I want, but there is a step between he's dead and is in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And like, he comes back to life before Khonshu gives him back his powers in the narrative. He comes back Mm -hmm. to life because he has defeated the underworld and the hippo God has let him go. Mm -hmm. That works. But part of the setup was, hey, if you have his powers, then maybe you can heal. I don't know. Of course, he died when he was Conchu's thing. So, mm-hmm. like, how he comes back to life, I, well, I feel mean, like... Tawari that brings him back to yeah, life, right? Yes. Not Conchu. Right. But she says she know. can't do that. Yeah. So, my thing is, and again, this, this uh-huh. gets back to my own very specific uh-huh. and personal wants from a show... I believe at the end of the day that this was an audacious show mm-hmm. that showed us cool things we hadn't seen before. Yes. But that could have been even stronger mm-hmm. if it was just about him trying to figure himself out without the need to spin an adventure story on top of the whole thing. Okay. I'm going to bounce back on that one. Okay. And just say, to date... The MCU is very adventure story oh, heavy. Absolutely. And this is what they want to deliver and I what they're promising that they you. will deliver. And I think that this is probably what the majority of the audience wanted. Yeah. I would have loved to see a lot more of the Egyptian mythology mm-hmm. and Mark in the afterlife for longer than just the, you know, however long he was there in an empty field not talking to anybody. Just really take some more time with that mm-hmm. instead of we have to leave this cool mind-bendy part of the story and get back into the real world so we can have a very bad kaiju fight and do some other stuff, and then that counts as winning. I don't 100% agree with you. I empathize <laughs> with that. I just Thank want you. the adventure side to be a little stronger mm-hmm. because in episode one, it is fantastic. It was great and there are other parts that are pretty good and i don't mind the indiana jones tomb raider stuff the tomb stuff Mm -hmm. i loved Mm -hmm. it was you know that episode two and three did not work for me Mm -hmm. i will say about the ending when layla got to be the avatar of tawari and she got the suit and everything that was wonderful i loved every second of that i thought that was Really nice. And you can't Mm -hmm. have that without the action scene. You can't. You are correct. Now, one of the things that makes me fond of this story Mm -hmm. is I like that they're willing to be more small scale with it. Yes. This story needed a small scale. And it benefits from being a deep character dive with the stakes. They maybe made the stakes even a little too high. But the on-screen stakes are... It's me versus Ethan Hawke, weird cult leader, rather than me versus Ultron, who can control the internet and things like that. And yes, there are gods and things like that, but I like that. I like that Ethan Hawke was, some people from writing group didn't like him as weird cult leader guy. Mm -hmm. I like that it's less of a, we're gonna duke it out type thing, that he's a mastermind villain, rather than a, I put on the suit. Like at the end of Iron Man 1, we have a big fight between two Iron Man suits, between guy who's never been in one before and guy who built 
the yeah. Iron Man suit because they needed to have an Iron Man versus Iron Man battle. Yeah. And I like in this one that it felt a little less like that all the way through. But at the end, we do kind of have a kaiju fight, and we do kind of have big action sequences and yeah. things. Well, and, and the big fight at the end is against Harrow. Yes. He doesn't get a suit, mm-hmm. but it still is, yeah. you know, fight your own reflection yes. kind of trope. And so I'm kind of agreeing with you on that last episode. I just wanted it to be better of the thing they were doing, mm-hmm. not crazy mind palace yeah. stuff. So, well, definitely there's different directions I mm-hmm. would have gone in. At the end of the day, I'm really glad that they kind of swung for the fences on mm-hmm. this. If anything, their problem is that they tried to do too many yeah. big, cool things mm-hmm. all in one story. And that is not something that I am going to be sad about. I would rather have people aim high and fail than just mm-hmm. show me something dull. Yeah. and Which is what I mean, <laughs> Winter Soldier and Falcon did. You've got Oscar Isaac, <laughs> and you are letting him... Flex. Yeah. All over everything. Mm-hmm. If that's a phrase that is not too <laughs> weird to say. Um, Letting him Oscar Isaac all over the place. Well, and let's not discount Layla. No, she uh, did The actress that did Layla, she held her own mm-hmm. against Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. doing just a tour de force multiple personality performance. And I thought she did a really fantastic job. So where do you rank this in your MCU television show hierarchy? In my television show hierarchy? Mm -hmm. Do you mean which ones I liked the most or which ones I thought were the best ones? And I don't know if there's a difference between those. Well, tell me if there is a difference. WandaVision, I think, is still the best one. That's where I am, too. Loki, I think I enjoyed better because it was more sure about what it was doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Though I'm more happy to see Moon Knight exist because it was new and cool. But those three are the top by far. That's where I would agree. That's where I I would place them. I'm only a couple episodes into Ms. Marvel. I mean, Mm -hmm. at this time of recording, I don't think they've even aired all the episodes of Ms. Marvel. Mm -hmm. I'm way behind. I'm enjoying that a lot. I don't know where that's going to end up in the scale. Mm Mm-hmm. What I'll say about Ms. Marvel so far is that all of the teenager dealing with family and school stuff is a million times more interesting than all the Green Lantern superhero stuff. Okay. And so every time she puts on the suit and starts doing superhero stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Let's get back to the I have not the seen it yet. Story. Instead of watching that, we watched Lost City. So maybe we, we should talk to, about that one. We, we can do a Lost City we, episode. We did a whole episode on that basically before you saw it. So because we talked about like stories about authors. Yes. Anyway, what else is there? I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I want to say is the bottom, except I was so bored by What If I didn't even watch it all. So mm. I have to put that one at the bottom. I have to put What If at the bottom too, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because as I think I've said on the podcast before, I actually really liked the concept. A yeah. lot of people didn't. I even. adored the old comics. Yeah. What if mm-hmm. comics? It just got boring. And beyond that, it played it too jokey in some ways for me. Yeah. And so it didn't come together for me. And not all of them are jokey. The Doctor Strange one wasn't jokey, but they just didn't really land for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would put it at the bottom. Yeah. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier as competent. Yes. They got better as it went along, but still not Except my favorite. Except for the ending. Yeah. Oh, they had the worst finale of any of them in that one. And then what am I forgetting? I actually really liked Hawkeye. 
I have not yet watched Hawkeye it. Hawkeye does not stand out. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye is exactly the kind of small stakes story that I mm-hmm. appreciate because it gives texture to the rest of the universe, right? Yep. I have to watch Hawkeye because I demanded on Facebook getting a Hawkeye movie at one point and then <laughs> have not yet watched it. But you're like, you have to watch this so we can talk about it. So Yeah. I, Hawkeye is good. I leapfrogged Moon Knight above Hawkeye so that we could have this yeah, this episode. Which is good because I'm very excited to have talked about Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then is there another one that I'm forgetting? Or is uh, that all of them? Well, they will let us know in the comments. Well, let us know. They, they will they, absolutely let us not know. Not even be talking about Marvel if we can't remember the names of characters or which shows exist. Uh, yeah, they, they come here for. They don't come here for Marvel expertise. They come here for narrative here expertise. For narrative. Okay, yes. so let's talk about what if a little bit then. Okay. Because I want to, like, I remember, for example, there was a really cool what if that I read when I was a teenager mm-hmm. that was like, what if all the X Men had died, and then it was. You know, they had to find new X-Men and they ended up getting, you know, Warpath and Banshee and other characters mm-hmm. who are in the X-Men universe and they just kind of became the right. main X-Men. And that kind of thing is great because it's, you know, what, 32 pages long yeah, at most. Mm-hmm. And I know that I don't have to care about it. Right. And so like in the What If TV show, mm-hmm. it felt like they were trying to give too much import to things while also taking its importance away. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So episode one was Captain America again, but with Captain Britain this time. Mm -hmm. And I watched that one and I thought, that was awesome. I enjoyed that. It Um, was a great little, like, mm -hmm. very kind of Hellboy-esque story. This Mm -hmm. is Cthulhu in World War II, and we get to see, you know, Agent Carter kicking butt. I loved it. And so I had a blast with that one. And afterward, I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. Because they can rely on our knowledge of the movies, they can legitimately condense an entire film to only the scenes that are remarkably different Mm -hmm. and tell us the same movie again. But afterward, sitting, and I still enjoyed episode one a lot, I'm like, did I need the same movie again? (laughs) Right? Like... My memory of episode one is just basically, oh, it was Captain America again. Slightly different. So that's interesting because I don't think of it as a retread of the same movie mm-hmm. because they had- They do have the- They had some the different stuff, stuff and they had the Cthulhu stuff. Yeah. And so for me, it was much more of a kind of World War II, Octoon Cthulhu kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It felt very different to me. But then episode two is the T'Challa becomes Star-Lord, right? Yeah. And episode two, I laughed at a ton. Getting, you know... Laughed at or laughed with? Laughed with. Because I was laughing at it. I laughed with it because it wanted you to laugh. Like when Thanos is there trying to explain, no, 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 this would work. Uh, (laughs) It's actually okay. The entire joke that T'Challa, you know, he and Captain America are these just just like super pure individuals (laughs) that if T'Challa got kidnapped, he would just turn them all into... That the whole universe would be... Yeah. Like inescapably better because he's such a nice guy. Yeah. That joke was hilarious. But it also treats the original canon very poorly in a lot of ways, right? Yes. It makes fun of its own thing. It's Deadpool-esque. You can never see a superhero landing and think they're cool anymore because Deadpool made fun of them. Yeah. Right? And so in the same way, you watch this and you're like, man... It is hard now to take T'Challa's 
goodness serious because in this show it's a joke like in the actual black panther movie t'challa has a deep flaw his deep flaw is is we are not worried about the rest of the world we're only going to protect us like he is morally upright with a code of honor in one way and in another way has a deep flaw that the villain is able to punch him in really hard yeah and that makes it a very nuanced film for an action movie about punching a lot of people, right? Yeah. And because of that, it's one of the reasons why I really love that movie is it's a deeply flawed hero. And mm-hmm. this just pretends not nah, T'Challa is just so good. And he is a good, and it's a funny yeah. joke. But it undermines the fact that his whole movie is about his flaw. Exactly. One thing I know I've said on the show before is that as much as I love all the Captain America movies, mm-hmm. it always bothers me that they ask really powerful questions, yeah. and then instead of answering them, they shoot each other. Right. Black Panther, I love because it doesn't do that. Right. It asks a very tricky question. It's dealing with, you know, worldwide systemic racism and, you know, can we close our eyes to others and immigration and Mm -hmm. all these things. And then at the end, it deals with it directly. There's a big old punch out first. Yes. But then at the end, they actually have an answer to the question. Right. Which Captain America never does. I love that about Black Panther. And so because of that, this one, it's also like, Thanos wasn't really a threat. Yeah, all he needed was a good friend. You needed Captain Picard to come in and give him a Captain Picard speech. If Mm -hmm. you just had someone from Starfleet, or if, you know, (laughs) then he would have been talked out of, like, genocide. Oh, it's not genocide because I, you know, like, Mm -hmm. that's the joke. It's hilarious. But it also undermines the entire thing. So you just have to take it as a joke. As a Deadpool fourth wall breaking joke. That's why I'm laughing with it. Because the only way they could do this is to do it intentionally. Yeah. I don't know. That's the one where I started to feel like, wait, how seriously are we supposed to take these? Mm -hmm. And that is the one that made me think, as you are suggesting, that no, I don't need to actually take these seriously. Right? And then the zombie one was my least favorite. Well, We're skipping the Doctor Strange one. It didn't work for me The Doctor Strange one is the one that ruined the show for me. Okay. Because that's the one where they're like, this is a completely different story, but also it seems very much like we are making it canon. Mm -hmm. You know, like it is part of the thing. He ends up talking to the Watcher. Yeah. Like there's all this weird, crazy stuff going on that feels like it matters all of a sudden. Yes. And the first two didn't. And mm-hmm. so that's when I thought, oh no, this what if show has taken itself way too seriously. And then me being the horror guy, I actually really loved the zombie episode because I got to see zombie versions of all the heroes that I love. And there was a lot of dark humor in it and some genuinely terrifying moments like when we realized that there's a zombie Scarlet Witch that Vision's been feeding people to. Like that's... Mm-hmm. Really meaty horror stuff. But then the ending of it, I thought, oh, I actually don't want to just leave this world and go somewhere else. I want to see what happens next in this zombie story. And so that made, again, that's two episodes in a row that kind of ruined the whole conceit of what if for me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided I didn't need to watch anymore. So this is a difference in perspective. Because I like the right kind of horror for me. Not that Mm -hmm. it's the right kind of horror, but there is a flavor of horror that works for me. Yes. And I guess there are multiple flavors. They were trying for one of the flavors, which is the horror comedy. This Mm -hmm. is so over the top, it's ridiculous. So we're going to have Ant-Man's head cracking jokes. Number one, the jokes throughout the entirety of What If just were not as good. They were mostly cringe. But Ant-Man's head cracking jokes 
just I cannot in that story. I can have fun in something like Shaun of the Dead where you are cracking jokes because the characters are legitimately hilarious and the scenario is really, really funny Mm -hmm. and still have some emotional connection to things that are going on. But in a show like this where they are killing heroes for shock value Mm -hmm. with him cracking jokes, the tone was just completely amiss for me. I cannot argue with that. Mm -hmm. I think the tone that worked for me was much more of the vicious zombie splatter horror. Mm -hmm. You know, let's watch giant man get turned into a big giant zombie because a million people are eating him. Like that's grotesque and I dig that. Yeah. But yeah, the humor in it didn't work at all. Well, and like even the twist like, hey, the vision is feeding people to Scarlet Witch. It didn't land for me because... Everyone else is on character. And then there's just a wild deviation in character to Mm -hmm. such an extent that I can't swallow it. It's, again, one of these tonal things. That's supposed to be a big shock. I'm like, but Vision wouldn't do that. (laughs) Right? Uh And in each of the other ones, each of the other episodes, all the characters are on character. Even if they're exaggerated a little bit, Tatal's a little more you know, T'Challa mm-hmm. and things like that. Doctor Strange is a little, but they're all on brand. These are all things I could say, these are the characters I know, mm-hmm. just in a different scenario. And this one, suddenly, yeah, we replaced Vision with someone who's willing to commit mass homicide. Yeah, a completely different version of Vision, which yeah. in the Doctor Strange one, as mm-hmm. much as I didn't like it, the character worked because the mm-hmm. entire what if was, what if his character was different? Yes, And in this one, it was not what if Vision was a sociopath. It was what if there were zombies and also Vision was a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. We're out of time. We should come back. We'll talk about Lost City on one of these episodes. And I also want to do one talking about the dentist. I'm sure we can make it interesting. Talk about your root canal. Mm. Awesome. How's that, Ben? (laughs) 